It's Tepo Waffle Time! Welcome to Tepo Waffle. With Troy and Steve. Okay, would you like to waffle about conferences? Conferences? Yes, I guess uh, in your life you've been to more than one. Been to a couple of conferences, yes. When's the last time you went? Uh, Last year I went to a conference here in Bangkok. Okay. How long was the conference? Two days. Two days. How many, how long is, are we talking about? Two days, let's pop it in the afternoon for an hour. Well, actually, you know, I went to the first day, the the whole day. I went to all the plenaries and I chose a couple of the papers. And by the end of the first day, I pretty much had enough. And I I sort of feel sorry for people who are presenting on the second day of the conference because that's usually the lesser uh, attended. But, I mean, on the other hand, maybe the, uh, the more hardcore people are actually there. Do hang around. Yeah. Okay, so we've we've jumped the gun quite a bit here. Mm. We went for it's this many days long, and there are papers and plenaries and mm. and keynotes, and mm. so we're gonna have to break that down a little bit. There are okay. all those things. Yeah, but as a new teacher, these things seem just inaccessible and vague, and uh huh, a what? And then you get a schedule, and well, there's seventeen rooms running, and in that room they have a workshop. In that room they have a yeah. The first conference I went to was actually Thai TESOL, and um, it was a good conference for me as a teacher because almost all the papers, that all the presentations are teachery oriented They're about teaching or classroom practice, or, and they're about the, the industry, so it's actually quite relevant. Um, some of the conferences are about research or about yeah. applied linguistics, and then um, that's probably not a good, it's not very accessible for teachers. But Thai TESOL, for example, they, that's big. And um, one of the nice things about those kind of conferences is that you meet other teachers. Okay, so I, I'm a new teacher and yeah. I decide I want to go for a, a conference. How do I even know that Thai TESOL exists and that that's the one that I should be going to? Yeah, good question. So uh, the way I found out about Thai TESOL initially was because the school I was in encouraged us to go. Yeah. Okay. Um, so being part of the community, being part of the community of professionals will put you into the loop of, of these. The, uh, the, there's a certain kind of teacher who likes going to conferences. Yeah. So I've got to assume then that this school had a great head teacher or director of studies or somebody who kept track of that stuff. And went, hey guys, who's interested, yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Hey yeah. guys, uh, I'm going or, mm. and the school can take eight of us if you want to come, something like that. Yeah. Okay, so finding it means just being in the right school yeah uh, I mean I think that each country I'm pretty sure that each country has their own TEFL conference I mean Indonesia has a TEFL a TESOL TESOL yeah TESOL conference Cambodia has one Korea has one Japan so the country that you're in whatever country it is should have a a conference once a year of of language teachers Uh, and if you can find out where it is and subscribe to the newsletter that they send out or something and then Make sure in there are a couple of downsides of conferences. They're <clears throat> quite often expensive. Um, yes, well, that's the other part that makes them really unapproachable. Uh, I'm a teacher, so sure, take uh, they're often two or three days, uh, often weekdays, yeah. which is a terrible idea for a, a working teachers conference. Hey, yeah. take two days off work, yeah. take two days off work and pay for it, and they are getting very pricey. Yeah. Uh, they're starting to go up a lot. And once you've paid for it, um, 
what is it that you're supposed to get out of going to the conference? So, you know, one of one of my school directors uh, was a local, he was local, and I told him I was going to conference and I was presenting. And um, he was confused and he said, how much are they paying you? And I said, no, no, I'm paying. And he, <laughs> he, was, he was actually confused because, wait, you're paying and you have to give a talk so you have to prepare and you're going all the way up to this remote place to do it. Um, so you're doing the work for them for free and, and paying and for pay the privilege for <laughs> of showing up there. And in so, return you get... Yeah, so the question of what do you get actually is is not immediately obvious. Yeah. Um, and um, I would say the, the what you get is feeling part of a community of teachers. You know, a classroom, classroom is a lonely life. You, yeah. You're in the classroom alone with your students. Okay, it's lonely in terms of the fact that you're separated from other... Professionals. Yeah, you can go to the classroom next door, or um, but and you can chat in the staff room. Yeah, but um, schools can get incestuous. Incredibly. I do what yeah, I do what you do, and you do what I do, and then we copy each other more and more, and we don't really get any new ideas. And when you when you're at a conference, you're with a whole bunch of other people, all doing different things. Yeah, I mean, compound the school thing by the fact that once you're in a school, uh, you end up only to talking to the teachers in that school. And when you do end up branching out a little bit, it ends up being to other teachers who are in the exact same type of school as yeah. you. Yeah. And that means that you don't realise that, oh, well, there are teachers here who are doing the, the Montessori method. Mm. And sure, you can sit down and Google the Montessori method, but that's nothing like talking to a Montessori teacher. Also, you know, sitting in somebody's sitting in a presentation and somebody telling you about their school life and, and, and a little research study that they did um, is a lot different from reading about it because it's so much more immediate. There's, yeah. there's a face to put to the to the whole event. Um, and in a lot of the conferences, they're very good at uh, reserving question time at the end. So you can actually, it can be a discussion, not yeah. just a... And at the big conferences like Tai Tessel, they also have book presentations and materials and they have little counters where you can buy stuff. Yeah, so it comes along and, and puts up their booths and yeah. etc. Um, but when I was a young teacher, I went to conferences for the networking. I, yeah. I went to meet people and um, the job opportunities and you through this person that you meet here, you meet that person there and then you have lunch with these three people and somebody says, oh, we... We found out that there's a job in Turkey, are you interested? And, you know, that's the kind yeah. of thing that, that conferences used to... Yeah, I would say that's the that's the big argument for a new teacher. Is, uh, you do get uh, a more well-rounded idea of what the job actually is. Because as a teacher, it can always feel like you're a... I don't know, just a, a random shop clerk or something. You're completely isolated uh, in this type of shopping centre. We do this type of little corporate training, and, and this is the customer service techniques that we must use. And and you feel really isolated and almost like you're just a cog in a, a factory. Mm. But then when you go to a conference, you get this bigger picture idea. There's a lot more exposure here. There are many more people in different types of schools. There are job opportunities everywhere. There are a huge range of jobs you don't have to be a, a kindergarten teacher in a private primary school who only does art there's also that job where you, you mm. fly around from city to city only doing random conferences with high school teachers or whatever so you get this big picture idea but the networking in the beginning you suddenly you meet people and they say 
sometimes they say, well, I'm, and you go, okay, nice to meet you. Mm. And then you meet another teacher who says, well, oh, yeah, I'm doing this, that, and the other, and you go, oh, that's interesting. Mm. How does that work? I, I must admit, though, in my latter years, now that I'm in my decrepitude, um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the networking of conferences is actually irritating. Yes, um, incredibly. I, I find I've, I've grown out of that. Um, I enjoy meeting people, um, but <clears throat> conference goers are a, a certain breed of networkers, which um, well, I think you need a lot of energy to, to head Well, there's two <laughs> different groups of them. There are the teachers who are trying to network with other schools, and then there are the school or heads of departments type people who are walking around going, who's that person? Mm. You know, uh, somebody from the... It was Sinead who got approached from somebody from Hong Kong. Mm. Is that right? At, at Camp Tessel. Yeah, Camp <coughs> Tessel. That must have been three years ago. Yeah. So a r- random person went to her presentation, she was presenting, mm. and came up afterwards going, hey, hi, I'm Rob Bobbitts, or whatever his name was. Nice to meet you, and, and vaguely introduced himself to me shook your hand and then absolutely fixated on on our colleague <laughs> on Sinead. Hi, so where are you from? What are you doing? What was he hitting on her? No, he was he was headhunting her. Oh, okay. He was definitely headhunting her. Yeah, well that's great. I mean that's what conferences are about, I suppose, is is meeting the person that meeting the people that you need to meet and, and making those connections and um I also I'm just hitting on the negatives of, of yeah. conferences here. I've got I've got to the stage now as, as well where um, so at conferences just just so we can cover this um, they have a keynote plenary where mm-hmm. everybody goes to and listens to one person and that's usually a big name somebody important with some with a lot of background. Um, yeah, I think I saw Jim Scrivener a few years ago. Yeah, it's usually somebody important, and, and going to them is great. Um, no, not always. I've been to ones where I've shown up for the, the keynote, and I've left. I'm bored seven minutes in. This person has not prepared. They've been brought in beca- just because they're a name, and I realize it's terrible. Yeah, sometimes the keynotes are, are, are invited a year ahead, and then five months before, three or two months before, they get cancer or something, and then they drop out, and they, they pull in a second a second person who is not as well prepared or hasn't actually done any research for the plenary or but anyway then after the plenary then <laughs> there are individual papers which are presented in lots of different rooms yeah. at the same time and usually they're pretty small rooms so you choose um i'm going to visit this one and, and ignore the other six yeah uh, how do you choose well i mean you you choose by topic and by your own personal interest. Or so, your personal interest. Or you so, see somebody's name who you recognize and, and you take that. And sometimes uh, you might have a particular focus. It might be uh, the research stream and you can go and attend yeah. the, those ones. Or there might be workshops where it's supposed to be a bit more hands-on. So also now in my decrepitude, I look at all of those and I I think, oh, that looks boring and oh, that looks tedious. And I, I go to one... And it's, they're talking about something that, to me, is so non... It's, not, it's a non-topic. Um, okay. For example, at the last Camp Tessel, went to one presentation, and it was a nice... It was a nice Malaysian couple, and they were doing this 
innovation. I think I remember this. Yeah. Did I go to? Yes, you did. Yeah. They were doing this innovation. Innovation in. I'm using my hands here to put a little inverted <laughs> comma, um, which was a thing that you hang on the back of the door of the classroom, and it acts as a telephone rack and whiteboard, or I don't know. It was. Yeah, it was something. It was a bit daft, and. I couldn't walk out because the class, the, the room that tiny. the room that we were in, you know, to have left, I would have had to have interrupted the yeah. the. Um, oh yes, I remember that. You're sitting at the back of the room, but the the door is at the front of the room where the presenters are. Yeah. Yeah, like very Cambodian style of classroom. And um, that was a that was a terrible waste of thirty minutes of my life. I. I regretted that. And then I, after that, I didn't really want to go back into any presentations because you got, <laughs> I was scared to leave. I went to another one. I saw a guy present. I don't know if this was at Camp Tissot or not. So, uh, let's say he was Canadian. He was a he was a Westerner. It was a saw him present something. I can't for the life of me remember what it was. But he was quite an interesting speaker, and he, he had an opinion, and he had some research, and, and he'd done he'd actually done things in the classroom. Great. And he had a, a colleague that was presenting with him, and they were presenting together. And the colleague was, I want to say, Chinese, let's just say. I, I can't remember where they were from, but it was a, a white guy and an Asian woman. And they were great together. They were a good couple of presenters. And so later on when I was browsing for things to do, I saw that she was presenting a topic. And I went, oh, that other one was good. And so I went to it. And it wasn't that it was bad. It was just... It just wasn't a thing. I just sat there going, uh-huh, and? Can we... And Yeah, this might be a problem of um, us being fairly mature in the field. Um, Maybe for youngsters or for a beginner teacher, all of these things are interesting. One of the other things that I've I've taken umbrage with with tests with these conferences is that a lot of the university students, the master's degree students <laughs> yeah. from the various universities, are almost required to present their research at the, at a conference, and they go in and they're so nervous, and they've got this really bland master's degree research. Yeah. Um, and so it's not actually, they're not there to present, they're there to fulfill, to a fulfill a, get yeah. the credit, to tick the little box on yeah. their degree. Um, but anyway, I mean, the, 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 so I think the thing with those, with those, when they divide into groups, you, you, the trick is to choose one which either is either very interesting for you as a teacher and, and yeah. matches your field, or... Um, a name that you really respect, that you know and respect, yeah. if you know any names. Yeah. I have picked things before simply based on... The The premise of this seems wrong to me. The premise... The, the, they give like a tiny little abstract of what the, the that session is supposed to be about. And I've looked at it and gone, I don't think this is right. Or I'm not sure that I quite agree. Or really? Or I've never thought of that. Or And I've, I've gone to just look. And I haven't always being disappointed, which is a very negative yeah, way of saying it. that's actually a very good way of choosing, because that means that those are the topics that are going to challenge your, By your assumptions thinking, yeah. or concept, you know, yeah. conceptions of teaching. And if somebody's doing something that's very interesting and challenges your conceptions of, of yeah. teaching, then you're going to learn something from that. I went to something about, uh, I don't know if it was reading or writing, but th- there was a, a very, the thrust seemed very, very old school. And I, that was basically how it was written up, was 
we need to bring back this thing that's gone out of fashion oh, yeah. and, and because it's it's still worthwhile. And I do remember doing it and sitting through it and at the time going, whatever. But thinking about it thinking afterwards. about it afterwards and a month or two later going, well, you know, okay, fine. I don't concede the point, but there's definitely a point there. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the big conference, IATFL. IATFL is the International Association of, of TEFL, which is a worldwide yeah. conference, and it's held in England once a year. And that's a really good one. If you can have a lot of money to fly to England... So how... It's going to cost me uh, $2,000 yeah. to fly there and back. No, well, that's not the point. You've got it's to get a visa. Cost, <laughs> it's going to cost me uh, $300 or $400 a night for a really crappy hotel in the seaside resort town. It's going to cost me uh, $20 a meal for... Okay, fine. British food's come a long way, but still. But in any case, the, the investment here, you've got at this conference, because it is such a big one, you've got really the real... Uh, Penny so, Er presents and Sarah Mercer. In this last one, in the 2017, Sarah Mercer did a presentation, a keynote. Plenary, which was on psychology in the classroom. Which Wait, which one is Sarah Mossad? Sarah Mossad. Showing off my ignorance here. <laughs> well, if you know Sarah Mossad, you Has she written a book to... that I know? Um, I know her because she's very... She's big in the field of dial- dialogics. Ah, I don't know Sarah Mossad. Okay. Okay, anyway. So, so Penny Err. Okay, I know Penny Err. In, uh, Scrivener. Yeah. Um, who else was there here? The, the, these are people that you actually do want to listen to. Um, and sometimes what they do is they, they put two really big names. Last, the year before last, they put, Sarah, they put Penny Err with Adrian Underhill, I think, okay. and gave them a topic and they had to debate it. Ooh. For and against. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. It was, and I'd go to that. So these are, these are things that are actually really worth going to. And it's a big conference, so it's a worldwide... Okay, but now we're talking about people who are... The people going to these... These aren't your language school teacher in pick a random town in the middle of nowhere. Now these are, well, these are obviously people with a development orientation that are, are moving their, either moving their, their um, career forward or are in a position in their career where they need to stay ahead of the pack. Um, okay. So, I mean, the, the, maybe it's directors of studies or maybe it's teacher trainers... Uh, or maybe in this case, lots of uh, authors, publishers, researchers. Yeah, that kind of thing. So I, I can't go to this because to get a visa for England is takes longer than... I need an analogy of, of lengthiness. Um, but they send me a conference selections little booklet, which I love. It's, it's really full of interesting stuff. And, you know, if I had been there... I think I would have really enjoyed this conference. Okay, um, so we've done quite a lot of... You should go, but they're kind of crap. Wait, I've but got something go, else. You should go, but they're kind of crap. No, wait, okay, well, I've got one other thing that we can talk about, and that's presenting. Okay. Um, as a beginner teacher, even even if you even if you are a beginner teacher, presenting at a conference is a, is a great way of developing as a teacher. Um, the stress of getting up and talking in front of... Other in yeah. front of peers, and also to prepare something like that, you've got to conduct some sort of action research. You've got yeah. to have something to say, and um, that process of thinking of a problem, researching a solution, working out how to present it, how to present it, um, and then presenting it to people like you and I who can challenge you, 
is is a great way of of making sure you're you're actually as a thinking teacher. Yeah. So I I've I presented once with a, a colleague of mine at a high school that I used to work with, and it was a a paper that he had come up with and a problem that he had had in his class. We explored it together. Um, we came up with uh, um, a little answer to the question and then matched it to a framework in the literature um, and two people came to our presentation. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Um, we presented to those two people and the, the, the process of getting all that information and thinking about it and having coffee over it and talking about it was actually really good for both yeah. of us, I think. I'm sure that was a bit anticlimactic. Though. I mean, long term, you got a lot out of it out of doing the preparation, the research and everything else. But sure. But for Richard, I think that there was actually a lot that he got out of it. He yeah. was so nervous. He was yeah. so afraid of the whole event. And I think that from a developmental perspective, it really pushed him into another level. Okay. He's, got, he's now gone on to be a teacher trainer himself. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, it was, yeah, it was a good thing all around. Okay, so... So let's divide this into pros and cons, because that's what you, you were saying. Hey? Things that are, this is a good thing, but this is a good well, thing. Well, no, I mean, I'm a new teacher. Let's say uh, I'm in my first year of teaching. I came, I came to Asia, I used to be an accountant, and I came to Asia as a career change, or, or what have you. And I'm in my first year of teaching. Mm. I'm, I'm not going to know that they exist. Is problem well, having listened to this podcast, you now know they exist. Okay, if you're in your first year of teaching, you probably haven't found this podcast. Okay. <laughs> Shit. All right, so we don't know they exist, problem one. When we do find out that they exist, um, we've got to essentially go, you know what, rather than going on a holiday and having a long weekend at the beach, I'd much rather take a couple of unpaid days off work and pay for the conference. Yeah, but you know problem what? Too. I mean, th- that's not necessarily a problem. Going down to the beach can be can get pretty boring, and expensive. Yeah. So if you're gonna go away, why don't you go away to a place where there's actually something to do, and then lie on the beach for a day at the same time? Or if the conference is in a beachy place. So let's say it's in Chiang Mai. I haven't been to Chiang Mai. I have no reason to go to Chiang Mai. I don't want to go to Chiang Mai. But there's a conference there. Oh, all right. Well, then let's go to Chiang Mai. It's a two-day conference. I'll book for three days. I might go to the second day or not, depending on how excited I am. Um, so I've got a holiday in Chiang Mai, and I fulfil a developmental. Yep. Role. Okay. Role, yeah. All right. Fair. Fair argument. I mean, it's the same argument that we have about. Ah, oh, no, I've got to change my visa type. No, look at it as a holiday in Singapore instead of as a hassle, <laughs> because they gave you the wrong stamp and you, you have know, to change I, it. I know some people who uh, who do the conference circuit. Oh, I'm flying to Indonesia. Why? There's a conference. Oh, all right. Oh, I'm going to Australia. Why? There's a conference. I'm going to Brunei. Brunei, why with this conference? And and it gives them a reason to do all these things. Yes, it's expensive, and yes, they. But some people actually get you know, like at university lectures. They get funding if they're yeah. presenting yes. at a conference. Okay, um, but still, we're a new teacher. All right. Okay. okay, it's expensive, but we can <laughs> we can make an argument that it's a holiday anyway. Yeah. Uh, we might not be able to find it, but maybe we're lucky enough to have a colleague or somebody else. Uh, then when we get there, we're supposed to hopefully get something out of it. And I, I do definitely argue that as a new teacher, I got more out of them 
then I do oh, you'll now. get lots. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. As a new teacher, you'll get tons. As a as a decrepit teacher, you'll still get tons. You've just got to be a little bit more selective. Discerning. And, yeah. you, and I did make the mistake for a while there of forcing myself to go to one every session. No, no, no. You've got to pick one. You paid for this. Go. You paid for it. Go quickly, you, pick another that, one, change that's, rooms. That's the shortest, easiest way to become Really tainted. jaded. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what happened. I started thinking that there were large BS. Mm. But then I, I changed to, I'll pick the ones that I want to go to. Yeah. And in the meantime, sometimes I would walk around and, I, not deliberately, but kind of de facto networking. I'd just wander around and I'd meet people and we'd chat and... Mm. And yada yada, and sometimes we'd exchange business cards mm. or whatever. The, the best way to network is at the lunches. They they usually have free food, and um, yeah. you go to the lunch and you're at a table with six other people or eight other people. And if you change tables every time you have a, a meal, a snack, a snack afternoon, meal, um, coffee, whatever. you land up meeting all sorts of different people. And when you sit down, you got to say, "Hi, who are you?" And um, where are you from? I work here. And yeah, and and really push it because otherwise you can sit sit there and eat and actually. Yeah. not meet any of the six people at the table I end up doing quite a bit of oh hey Sakhar I haven't seen you for yeah. six years yeah, well, that, that's nice oh, when you run into people that you know you know at one conference I sat with Guy Cook I don't know if you know Guy, um, Guy Cook is, uh, he's written books about I know the name but yeah yeah and I, I was totally intimidated I, I felt yeah I felt intimidated, intimidated because yeah, it was Guy Cook and he turned to me and he started chatting about the 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 elections in Ireland and I was like, Oh elections in Ireland, I don't know anything about that. And when I left I thought, What a waste. You know, there was a guy who I could have chatted to about stuff. Um okay. and mm. All right, so networking, we have a positive. Um there's also this weird thing that happens which just from a personal standpoint I think is a whole load of crap but I, I can't say that it doesn't make a difference at the end of it they give you a little piece of paper or a letter oh, or, or, or sometimes you even they, they might say oh, they might if you've been going for a while they'll say oh, we need a volunteer to help a, what do they call it chair a chair a, a, a session mm-hmm. and they give you a certificate of appreciation and all of that and having that kind of stuff on your CV, uh, if you're a couple of years in, it does to a degree set you apart from from the other people. And not just because you have the piece of paper. You have the piece of paper that you can staple to the back of your CV and, and a lot of people collect them like mad. But the very fact that you are the type of person who goes back to those things sets you apart as the type of teacher who is interested in development and probably by default is developing, actually cares about their teaching in their classroom and their students, and they haven't stagnated. They, they're still moving along and finding things to be interested about. Well, I'd argue that it's a, as an employer, that's, <coughs> that's a huge thing because that's yeah. somebody who's walked into the, this field and has taken it as a profession rather than as a... As a job. As a job. Yeah. Um, so if I see somebody as a conference goer, uh, I'm going to label that person as somebody who's actually contributing or or has as something to, to contribute to the team that they're yeah. joining. Most teachers that I meet don't. Yeah. Um, and wouldn't want to for the reason that it's expensive and it's not, you know, all the things that yeah. you mentioned. 
Um, and in actual fact, I suppose if you go to too many conferences, it might mean that you're a bit of a... Um, yeah. yeah. So maybe a whole, stapling a whole bunch of them to the back of your... But if, some, if somebody's presenting at a lot of conferences, chances are they're moving pretty quickly towards a, a job as a, a lecturer in a university yeah. or as a... As a major Head department con- or as a... Or as a researcher, because to, to do that kind of research action research in your own classrooms consistently like that means that you're going to learn really fast and and become pretty au fait with the research um, procedure. Yeah. Okay. Doctorate ahead. Yeah, I'm going to say one last thing, which uh, I don't know if I agree with or not because I can see a problem with it. Great, I'm going to disagree with you. All right. Sometimes you go and you see somebody presenting and you go, this person's a moron, I know more than they do. Or, that's wrong. I, I know that it's wrong. <laughs> and, and I can see two... Dif- I can't disagree with you. <laughs> I, I can see two different problems with this. Yeah. Sometimes the problem is that you're arrogant. Uh, no, you've formed your opinion and you're not willing to listen. Okay. But sometimes the problem is, uh, yeah, that it's not very good. And you do know better than them. And in the second case, where actually, yes, you do know more than they do... It takes a little while. You feel a little bit ripped off and everything in the beginning, but then suddenly later on you start going, actually, I'm not bad at my job. I, I need to start looking looking for people now who know more than I do. I, I've got to the point where I have to seek out people to challenge me or things to challenge me in the classroom. Yeah, well, I would argue if you got to that point, um, it's time for you to start presenting. If you know more than the people who are presenting, then it means that you need to start sharing with with the community because in defense of the person who who's presenting who you, who you think is a moron at least they're up there sharing uh, absolutely and um, they put in the work and they did the research they prepared the presentation they they flew in a trying. day early and yeah. they got the schedule yeah. and, and they're yeah. trying and and that that presentation that they're doing is is pushing them ahead in yes. their they're pushing them forward i mean um, for us to go into that presentation and go, man, this is so tedious or boring, which I, I have to admit I do yeah. do, but then not present yourself is uh, hypocritical yeah. in, in a way. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the upshot of all of this is go to conferences, present, do research, and become decrepit. Yeah, the horrible part about all this is I think they're boring and a waste of time and overpriced. And when somebody says to me, Hey, do you want to go to a conference, or would you like to do a presentation, or did you hear the things on? I go, yeah, sure, and off I go again, and, and I'm obviously getting something out of it because when it comes up and it's an option, if it doesn't completely conflict and mess with my life, I say, yeah, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. And sometimes even when it does, I say, yeah, sure, why not? And and off I go. So at the end of the day, I still go, and I do get something out of them every time I go. Even if the thing that I get out of them is, is a topic of discussion, which ends up being a podcast. Or just validation of your own amazingness as a teacher. <laughs> well, I don't need any of that. I've got plenty of that. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> All right. Go to a conference. Toffer Ruffer is proudly brought to you by the non-stop Ruffler, Troy and Steve. For any question, comment, comment complain or queries you can email tofurrafer at gmail.com or visit www.tofur.com
Bis dann.